Welcome back to another episode of Free Basketball. I am your host, one Mr. Ryan Meadows, and I'm joined as always by one Cody Holsey. How are you, sir? Fantastic, brother. How are you, man? Doing all right. Just watching some basketball, enjoying myself right now. Yeah. You doing the same thing? I'm doing the, I'm doing the same thing. I'm watching basketball and thinking about, you know, possibly recording a podcast here in the next few minutes. Well, let's get to it. Let's join the other person here. Mr. Daniel Greer, how are you? Good. What's up? Welcome to the show. Yes, I'm not going to tell you. you what I'm doing because hopefully you were listening to what I said to Cody. So we're just going to yes. kind of leave it at that. Yeah, I'm not going to keep asking what you're doing every single time. Oh, I just okay. thought it wasn't fit for fit for air. <laughs> I can see what you're doing. No, but I do I do have something I want to get off my chest in the very beginning. And that what? is please don't let it be that don't take off your shirt. Yeah, I don't take off my shirt on a normal basis. I do in the shower. It's weird to shower with your shirt on. I've done it, but it's not what I'd like to do all the time. What? Daniels are never new. <laughs> I want to no, no, no. We gotta stop for just a second. What are the circumstances in which you showered with a shirt on? I've never done it. It was a joke. Oh, okay. He's a never so now He's no, he's nude. embarrassed. He's embarrassed to tell the story now. No, there is no I put, story. I put him I on swear. the spot, and now he's embarrassed to tell the story. So now it's a joke. He's a comedy writer now. <laughs> Who knew I was a comedy writer? So funny. All of a sudden, so all of a sudden, funny. he's. I've read he's your articles. He's. <laughs> he's about to do a tight five here on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Put your hands together for Daniel Greer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Take it away, yeah, but Daniel. I want to say uh, just. We always end it with the podcast with uh, kind of giving rate and reviews for the podcast. Please, if you hear this, tell your friends. At my, my friend, I got his phone yesterday. I went to the podcast. I subscribed. And then I went to the settings and only did the newest one. So every time a new one comes out, it downloads. And he'll never know it's on his phone. That was kind of, you know. <laughs> So do that to your mom, do it to your grandma. They don't need to, they don't need to listen. Just, you know, download it. But, uh, if you do listen, uh, and you're a friend of the show, please follow us on Twitter at free basketball three. Um, also the lead, um, follow them as well. Uh, are they at the lead SM? Yes. The lead SM at the lead SM. Uh, we're part of them. And so just kind of, if you, you uh, go ahead and give us five stars and apple rate and review spotify as well uh that way kind of we're kind of catapulting a little bit on this podcast so i don't want to i don't want to say that everything's gravy and we're doing great but we're doing the best we've ever done so we're all excited uh, so end. please please uh <laughs> please do tell people tell your friends um and if you don't like the show don't follow us <laughs> We don't need your pity reviews. We don't need your pity follows. We need genuine. No, if you don't like the show, follow us. Because I want to hear from you on Twitter, and I want to argue with you. Yeah, we love to argue. <laughs> I need, I need some, I need a something to fight with on Twitter. Yeah, well, like Daniel said, thank you for tuning in. Continue to please do so. We have a lot of material we got to get to. Of course, we're going to do a little second round update. There's been a lot of crazy stuff happening in the playoffs. And then we had some interesting news with some coaching hires over the weekend and rumored coaching hires. So also we had a hometown hero winning an award. So we will talk about that as well. Let's get to this episode. We put it off long enough.
All right, first things first, let's get to this playoffs update. The games we saw today, we saw the Heat versus the Bucks. The Bucks finally won one. They did not get swept. The series is at 3 to 1. The only bad part about it is Giannis looks to have injured his ankle worse. Right. So, they won the second half without him. Daniel, do you think this series is over or can the Bucks win another one? It's over. It's, it's done. Over. It's done. It's over. The Heat win game five. Uh, I wouldn't say they win game five. I don't know if that's true, but the game, the series is pretty much over. Them holding off the Heat, just getting hot one game and catching fire with these uh, these young kids that are, that are shooting – Fireballs from the three-point line. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. Uh, not Kendrick Nunn. He's not any good anymore. But he is the second <laughs> in the Rookie of the Year voting. Garbage. But, yeah, we'll uh, talk about I, I that think, later. Yeah, I think, the, I think Miami Heat can, can uh, easily win one of the next however many games they need to. They'll be fine. That's kind of the weird thing about this bubble, right? Like, it's just there doesn't seem to – there's there's no home and away advantage. Right. It's basically who shows up that night and is happening to be shooting 55% for that night. <laughs> Right. So, I mean, the Nuggets came down from 3-1, yeah. and that rarely, if ever, happens. And we saw it in a first-round series with no home court advantage at all. I don't think we've ever seen a team come back from down 3-0, especially without Giannis. So, Cody, do you think along the same lines? Like, is the bubble restart weird enough to where the Bucks could do it? Or is just the Giannis injury like Daniel's thinking? Is it too much? I hear a lot of Chris Middleton slander <clears throat> with the omission of his name. Oh, so we should mention Chris Middleton more is what you're saying. So We should mention Chris Middleton more. Chris Middleton put the team on his back today. I don't know why Eric Bledsoe was standing there interviewing, doing the post-game interview with him, but he was. But Chris Middleton, Giannis goes out. Chris Middleton says, I got this, guys. Everybody everybody, calm down. And he did. And they won. <laughs> so, great job uh, by Chris Middleton, making it respectable. But, yeah, the Bucks are going home. Okay. <laughs> Say all that. The Heat are going to win regardless, right? <laughs> yeah, I am. But, like, but, but for real, like, say something nice about Chris Middleton. The man, like. I think so. Dude, I team on his back had thirty six eight and eight today. I I agree with you. He had like a twenty two point like third or fourth quarter or whatever it was. It was yeah, just like crazy. Put, I uh, put some respect on his name. W when people look back at this series, like if the Heat win four one here, they win Game Five and it's done. Are people gonna kind of forget what happened in the shenanigans of Game Two at the end of that? Like, that is such a pivotal, like, obviously a pivotal moment in this series with the foul calls, with, you know, getting fouled on a three-point shooter, oh, the well, Heat fouling a, a three-point shooter, and then Jimmy Butler getting fouled. I mean, it's the first time we've had a game winner on free throws, I think, in, like, 30-something years, 20 to 30 years. Yeah. I mean, I, uh... imagine if that goes the other way and the Bucks, like, they Jimmy doesn't get that call. And... It goes to overtime. The Bucks win. I mean, we're sitting at a two-two series, right? Instead of uh, almost like a potential sweep, you know. So I think people are going to, if the Bucks go on to 
lose this series, which we all think that more than likely is done by next game, at least, unless the Bucks just go nuts. Like Bucks fans will never forget. No. Mm. Mm. But what is is that just going to be lost in Giannis's playoff history? Because you know the big thing is good. People love to slam on an All Star MVP player, back to back MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. You know he's already been hit for not guarding Jimmy Butler, for not playing more than thirty five minutes, and all this stuff. I'm when you com- say people, you're talking about Skip Bayless. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a large number of people out there would say that, but the Bucks are just unfortunate with this game too. What happened at the end of this? And with Giannis's injury in a pivotal game in the series, I mean, they still won it, but this series could have been flipped 3-1, or it could at least be 2-2. Like, nobody's going to talk about that, though, right, Daniel? They're, all they're going right. to talk about is Giannis didn't show up, didn't play long enough, and, you know, didn't guard Jimmy. Like, is this fair to Giannis? Is this something that we're going to look back in his career and point to as, like, a pivotal moment in his playoff career? Yeah, so I I think it's fair, just to be very honest. Um, okay. I, I think that he has now all the accolades and he's won um back-to-back mvp awards well we we guess um and then him having those awards and really nothing else to show for it team wise is is very much i i think it's just due as in people are you know giving him their honest opinion on he can't win the big games and now the only thing that sucks is he's out hurt um, but realistically, if it was me and I was a Heat fan or just an NBA fan in general and didn't have a certain team, I would say the same thing. You can't make excuses or what ifs. So the Heat won the game, however they won it. And yep. so th- they're obviously probably going to win the series. No matter what it is, it's his fault. He's His team that he's the best player on had lo- lost four games in a seven-game series. So. Mm. Yeah, so that's that's really all. Not about winning or whatever. I think it's about the losing part. Okay, he allowed his so team you, to lose. You think it's warranted slander in this little I, I mini quote unquote summer? You know, this three month break between seasons. Yes, anytime you're an all star, and probably anytime that you're a top ten player in the sport, I think it's very much just due because I th- I think you have to understand that there is going to be negativity uh, around you. So, yeah, for sure, because uh, with with what he's going to take in and all the accolades and awards and uh, how well he is and how what good of a player he is, he's also going to have negativity. And that's he just can't win the big game. And maybe that's Bud, too, which is kind of a whole other topic. But Coach Bud hasn't really done a really good job coaching in the playoffs, back-to-back seasons. Yeah, I think you make a good point about Bud. Bud's kind of, you know, he's from the Popovich kind of branch of coaches it's all about all the pieces you know as a team unit and you know in the playoffs it it, like team units yes still win but there you have to have that one guy who is your absolute horse that can push everybody through through the dead spots and it's just like it the the biggest thing to me that i've kind of noticed which we were dead wrong about this series i thought the bucks like i thought the heat would be you know kind of frisky in a couple right. games, you know, look cool, but it was a year too early for them, you know, yeah. like all their key pieces, young pieces. 
And boy, Tyler Harrow hits two Ooh. incredible kind of game clinching shots or game saving right. shots. And like, it just not something I would have expected at all. But the Heat just have this, they're basically the same con- composition as the Bucks. They play as a unit. There's no kind of like one guy. Right. But to me, there's just like competitive, like junkyard dog difference between like the Heat have swagger. Right. And the Bucks are just kind of like these guys can do this one thing very well, but there's no like edge to them to where, you know, they're going to do something crazy. The Heat. Can, are very good at what they do, but they have that kind of like weird edge, you know. Like I'm not sure how to describe that better, but I just I'd I did not expect that to be a huge factor in this series, but it has. Yeah, and I, still from you know the Grizzlies, I, I think they have like the grit, uh, the kind of you know when they need to get dirty, they get dirty. Uh, if you look at the, we we'll always look at usually at playoff teams, veterans. What type of player are they? And the veterans are Giannis, you know, I guess. You can call him a veteran. You can call the Lopez twins veterans, I guess. Uh, and Kyle Korver on that team. And if I'm missing some, you know, let me know. But that's what I think of when I think of the veterans on the Bucks. And I feel like they all kind of play like those players. Now, mm-hmm. if you look at Miami, Jimmy Butler is very much a veteran for that team. Um, and you're also looking at um, – uh, What's his name? Solomon Hill. Jay Crowder. Yeah, sorry. Jay, Jay Crowder. Crowder. That's who I was mentioning. Andre Iguodala, yeah. Exactly. Udonis Haslam, who's kind of been, you know, a little, you know, he's he, he'll bang with you in the paint. I know he's kind of past his prime, but uh, he's been on the team probably for the last kind 40 of. years. But uh, he's pretty much a player coach. But that's what I look at, and you can see the different types of players as their vets. And I think that's these teams are made up from the vets, and that's kind of who their uh, personality is, so. That's what I look at. If you compared Cal Corver and Jay Crowder, eh, you can you can see that black and white right yeah. there. That's actually <laughs> one's a three Quite point literally. shooter, and one yeah, and one's actually a you know he'll get in a and he'll get in a fight with you if he needs to. Yeah, I I think that's a great summation of this series. Is I wished it was more competitive and longer, but yeah. what we have gotten in such a short series has been entertaining and makes me really excited for. Miami competing in the Eastern Conference Finals, and I and I would love to see uh, the Bucks win this next one, and it goes three two. That Giannis be, comes it could back. Be weird. Giannis it could be comes weird. back game six. Oh, that would I think the series can flip on its head to where it's very very uh, you know much where everybody's kind of battling every play. I mean that's what we said at the beginning with our predictions for this thing. Like there is going to be something weird that happens. Right. Right. And like this could be it. Like with just the next series we're about to talk about the Rockets Lakers, who in the world thought the Rockets were going to beat the Lakers game 1 coming off that game 7? They yep. looked horrendous. James Harden absolute no-shows until he gets a block on a <laughs> undrafted free agent rookie and then yells at the babies, you know? <laughs> like he had just done something all game like Good job you saved your career and your legacy on Lou Dort. But who would have thought that they would have won game one against the Lakers? Yeah. The problem I have with this series is I've had stuff going on. 
So I haven't been able to sit down and watch the games all the way through. I've been able to catch little bits and pieces, so I don't really have much to add. I'm leaning on y'all for this to kind of tell me what's going on in this series because I've just seen the score. Now, as of tonight, the Lakers did even it up at 1-1, but everyone was was saying that the Lakers were just going to basically sweep this team, and we had said on here that Rockets might win. I actually declared that the Rockets will win in seven. I need help from y'all. Cody, have you watched both games in their entirety? Entirety, and Kind of tell us what's going uh, on. Not in their entirety, but I have watched a majority of both games. I missed the beginning of the uh, last one. So is it the, just the, first one, the tried and true formula that the Rockets have shown all regular season in this restart? They're just hot from three? Getting to the free throw line? Like, what's happening? Are the Lakers, Lakers I mean, shooting bad? Uh, they did. The Lakers did not shoot very well in the first uh, game, and the Rockets did. Russell Westbrook also played much better in the uh, first half of the last game, and played very poorly in the first half of the second game. So there's a lot of stuff that's different. I noticed one thing that like the Lakers were, were shooting pretty well from like the corner tonight. There are at mm. least like two plays in a row in the at the end of the second quarter or beginning of the third quarter, I can't remember which, um, where Anthony Davis, they would collapse on Anthony Davis and he would just kick it out to whoever was standing there. He did it with Danny Green and then Contavious Caldwell Pope. And they were just getting like complete, like just incredibly easy buckets from that. Like the, like if they run everything through Anthony Davis, the Lakers will do pretty well. Um, I think right, just because they're the, the Rockets defense can't do anything with him. They have they have no one to throw at him. Like their their best option is what? PJ Tucker. And everybody made a point about game one when he guarded him, he held A D to zero points. That was their right. big thing. Which like if Anthony Davis is is very passive and doesn't score and whatever, then yeah, the Lakers are gonna lose. But if he can get the ball and they can run the offense through him and like then they'll be fine because they have to send double teams out. If he's if he gets going, he they have to send double teams at him. Like and they just have to live with him shooting six feet from the basket. Hmm. So you think because I mean, you've always been on the Lakers here, so you think this is just just the weird game seven hangover. Like I like that's my favorite thing to gamble on is that game seven going against that team that's rested. Mm-hmm. It was just that kind of a scenario. They got yeah, they've one. been sitting around like they're that like I mean, I know Le- everybody made fun of LeBron for saying that like you know they didn't know who they were playing until like a couple days beforehand, but like that is actually true, right? Most of the time, when you have playoff series, you get at least a few days between the end of the last one and the beginning of the other one. It's usually not the next day or you know two days later that you're That's suiting back up to go out there. You so twenty four yeah, hours game plan. To game plan, yeah. Right, yeah. Game plan is a little bit different. You're able to do a little more homework on stuff. Like you played one game, you know what you did go, you know what you did well, you know what you did poorly. Um, the Rockets started playing completely differently than they had been, like right after the or you know after the All Star break and right before the shutdown. So, so after watching tonight's game, do you think Rockets steal a couple more and make this interesting, or is this kind of like what they did with the Blazers? Blazers I think win it'll game be a long series. And, and the Blazers win game one. Lakers stomp them out the next four. 
I think it'll be a long series just because, you know, you have the Rockets who whatever lead you have is not safe because all it takes is them making, you know, three or four transition threes and they're right back in it. Hmm. Yeah, I it hope just it takes goes a couple long. a couple squirrely plays and that's it. You're cooked. It would be crazy for the Rockets to go to two back-to-back game 7s and then if they somehow miraculously advance then playing probably the Clippers, the Clippers <laughs> in a in a 7 game series. That's just a buzzsaw. <laughs> Talk about tired. I mean, these guys have already played back like Whoever, every other day if, for 30 days. If the know. Rockets make it to the finals when that the truly Raptors is a or the feat. Celtics make it like that is that's just the end. That's it. That They're is, done. if the Rockets somehow make the finals, it should be like the greatest playoff run in history. Right? Because that that mm-hmm. would be a miraculous yeah. feat. But yeah. I mentioned the Clippers Nuggets. Daniel, have you watched a lot of those? Well, I guess it's only been one game so far. Yeah. Uh, no, it's been two, two games. One one. Oh yeah, it is one one. I'm yep. sorry, the Nuggets won last night. I totally forgot about. It. I was the one who actually watched it. Um. <laughs> I, I, mean, I watched part of it. Did you? Easy. I, uh, Easy, dog. Come the on, Nuggets, man. I thought, were going to be too gassed after the Jazz series and with all the injuries. I thought with Gary Harris coming back from an injury, like it was just like, okay, cool, he's back, but he hasn't played in five months, six months. Like, yeah. how, what yeah, is he? Also, he's Gary Harris. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, what is he going to really do? But then the Clippers throw another dud to throw us off the scent if we should pick them for NBA <laughs> champion again. And now the series is tied 1-1 behind an incredible shooting performance by Jokic. I mean, kind of the same thing to you, Daniel, with Lakers-Rockets. I mean, do you see this being a potentially long series, or is this just a weird game, an outlier, an outlier of a game? Yeah, so yeah, I think it's weird. If you if you look at the box score of that game, um, Kawhi didn't play well. Uh, Patrick Beverly, I think he was in foul trouble. You know, majority of the game, he ended up with five fouls. Um, he got ejected. But, oh yes, yes, sorry, yes. And so two point game for him. The weirdness of just the times, like the, the people that play. It just it was a weird game for the Clippers. It felt like nothing that they did like got their momentum going and in, uh, in the right direction. So I think if you look at this, it's kind of like a one-off. I do think Denver steals another game at some point, but I think this is a six-game series and done. I think it's easily 4-2, and the Clippers kind of – they probably kind of enforce their will next game. I think you see a different Clippers team this next game. Yeah, I uh... – I can't remember if it was the third quarter or the fourth quarter, but, I mean, they were up for, like, 18 to 22 points, something like that. And the Clippers cut it all the way down to four or five. And I thought, oh, boy, here we go. Because I kind of, in the back of my mind, was like, the collapse is coming. It's just they're so thin on the bench. I mean, they're having to play P.J. Dozier. Like, (laughs) this is, like, this is – the Clippers are going to come back from this. And they did – and then they were saved by just a couple of possessions where the Clippers just missed a three, missed a layup, missed a bunny, bad turnover. And the Nuggets came down, hit a couple threes, you know, got some help from Torrey Craig and uh, Jeremy Grant. And all of a sudden it was 12 to 13 and the game was done after that. So it, it felt like for a little bit that it was danger zone for the Nuggets and the Clippers were going to come back and steal that game. 
the Clippers have won that game after the Nuggets have were up by twenty plus. I I fully thought this was going to be a sweep for sure. Yeah. If they lost this game, but I'm kind of with you now that I'm cut. I I've always been kind of a supporter of the Nuggets. I just like their team. I like Jokic. I like Jamal Murray. I like the pieces. Big Will Barton fan, and thought their playoff run last year wasn't a fluke yes it was two game sevens but they were the same kind of closeness to being knocked out first round as also making the western conference finals so they're a good team they're a reason they're there i'm kind of with you i'm kind of in this six game range now where i thought there was just going to be an out and out sweep the nuggets were gassed and done from the physicalness of the jazz series but I think it's going six. I'm with you, Daniel. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I think the Clippers win, but this is going to be a little more entertaining than we thought it was going to be, right, right, Cody? Like, are you just all in on what Jamal Murray has been doing? Like, of course, he had game one where he's an absolute no-show. Then game two, he has that kind of infamous crossover of Kawhi now, step back three. Like, what is – is there something fun about the Nuggets that you enjoy watching? Or you yeah, just, I mean, you're just trying to see him go up against the Clippers and try to knock him off. Like, is there something specific I, fun about him? I have a few things that are fun about the Nuggets. Um, I saw something on Twitter the other day that said that Jokic looks like a person that's running in flip-flops. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, that, now when I watch the Nuggets, like, the, I can't not see that. So <laughs> that always makes me laugh. So yes, I do like it. Enjoy watching Nuggets for that. I am all in on this on Jamal Murray. Like whatever he's doing, as long as he can sustain it, it's very fun to watch. Right. Um, those are the two things that I love about the Nuggets. Hmm. I uh, do you want to talk about that game seven with the Jazz before we move on to our final series? I uh, that game was just it was the worst. Like I, it was hard to watch. Okay. I have right. not seen the score was eighty to seventy eight. Yeah, right. It, and it was, I, was terrible. I have not seen a score like that in fifteen years. Yeah, and probably whatever the last Pistons Celtics game was, you know, in like two thousand four or whatever. I have not seen a score that low, and it was hideous to watch. I know some people thought it was great, a lot of fun, and. They're playing hard-nosed defense and blah, blah. I was like, that is not what happened in this game. No. Like, they were, quote-unquote, trying hard, but they were just done. Like, they yeah. were dead. There was nothing. I played in high school games that the score was 80 to 78. There there was no redeeming quality to I mean, that I didn't game. Play. There was no was redeeming there quality to that game except for the final two minutes. Like, if it wasn't right. for that final two minutes yeah. where you have just that crazy sequence that ends up with Mike Connolly shooting that crazy three that should have gone in after Torrey yeah. Craig just absolutely blows a layup. I mean, that was the only thing that saved that game. Because besides yeah. that, that was one of the worst games I'd ever seen in 15 years. Easily. And it was, and it was so sad because the first six games were amazing. Yes. Like every game was close. Like it was just a very fought, good fought series. And to end in the 80s in the seventh game, 
just shows you those guys were gassed, but also they could not they couldn't hit shots at all. Like everybody, everybody played for the most part bad. Like there was no. It wasn't basketball. Great player. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't recognizable. Could you as imagine? Basketball. Could you imagine if one of those, if the winning score was eighty, but it had been a blowout? <laughs> eighty to forty. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know, like eighty to sixty-two. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, embarrassing. Like no wonder uh, they're losing losing viewership. I mean, that's horrible. Yeah. But, I mean, compare that, <laughs> co- compare and contrast that to the Rockets OKC game, like uh, what one hundred and forty nine to two hundred and seventy eight. <laughs> no, it was like a hundred, hundred and two. At least there was forty more points or whatever it was. But yeah, uh, that the ball one, went through the hoop twenty more times. <laughs> that one was overall a pretty fun game, but vice versa to the Nuggets Jazz game, the ending of that one was such a dud, right? Like right. there was, it was a great fourth quarter going back and forth, you know, little lulls, little runs by each team. And then we got to under three minutes and the game came to a grinding halt. And I don't think the Thunder score, but maybe one or two points in the final three minutes, I'd have to go back and look at that. And it's not like the Rockets were blowing it out. Like they scored like five. So that one was kind of opposite of the Jazz Nuggets, right? Like we got, a chance for a game winner and all we got was a pass to steven adams at the three-point line with his back to the basket and of course it gets deflected and there's the game and it's over right did anybody have an extreme reaction to james harden's block on lou dort i know we should have talked about this earlier but well i loved it i'm glad he actually showed up and played defense one time in his life that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> One block, baby. Yeah, but I do, I do have something, uh, a weird thing I've been looking at, uh, just kind of over the last series or two of playoffs. I didn't, I wanted to chime in on the Rockets, uh, Lakers one, but something I've looked at. If you look at the box score for them, you could just use these last few series of um, the Bucks and the Heat. Look at that fourth quarter score by the losing team. Most do not mm. break the 20 point mark. If you look mm. at both the Lakers and the uh and the Rockets, they both I think uh Lakers scored 18 points in the fourth quarter on the, the game they lost. Um and then the Rockets tonight scored 17 points in the game they lost tonight. Wow. Um that shows me that the defense is picking up. So whoever goes down the stretch, usually the first three quarters, somebody everybody goes on the run, just like tonight Houston went on the run in the third quarter. But in the end, the play is very, very close and tight going into the fourth quarter. It's all about the defense, mainly in that fourth quarter that's winning these games. You can look at the Bucks as well. They've lost uh, these games. They haven't broke 20. Uh, I think Miami scored 19, uh, the game they lost today. Or mm. was it yesterday? Well, I don't even know what day it is today. Um, yeah, it was today. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I think that's something important you're looking at. So defensively, these teams are picking it up in the fourth quarter, and I think that's what's winning these games because nobody is really running away and hiding uh, in these series. And so I think in the end, whoever steps up defensively, such as James Harden, uh, blocking Dort, stuff like that, that happens. And so that's I think that's what's going to win you a series, if not a championship. Interesting. I do have one little thing about that game series with Rockets and Thunder before we move on to Celtics-Raptors. 
So that score was 104 to 102. They're down by two points. Okay. Why did the Thunder go for the win? They obviously were looking for a three. Did they just yeah. not think they had a chance in overtime? Or they're just like, we're going to win this right now, be done with it. What? Like, everyone questioned the whole Steve Harden. I mean, Steve Harden. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who that is. Um, it's like a cross between Steve Harvey and James Harden. Uh, but Stephen Adams. Adams, Stephen Adams has a wide open lane. Everybody has pointed that out, right? Yeah. Nobody has. He's po- the host of Family. I got fouled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why is no one talking about Billy Donovan's choice to run a play that not only Russ had seen before and ran, but right. he's running a play for a three? Did it, does anybody not have any issue with that at all? I feel like that's just been kind of lost in all of this. Yeah. Well, I just I, I don't understand when you call a play, there's not multiple options. That's how any play works. And your big man doing a slip screen – to the bucket for an alley-oop dunk, what, why that isn't maybe option two. You get a pick for uh, James Harden to come off, and he's going to catch the ball and shoot a three to win the game, or it's a back pick or slip screen of some sort and Steven Adams you know, straight to the basket. Because so, yeah. more than likely, you throw it up, he's going to catch the ball. The other guy has to meet him up there. If not, he's fouling him. Now, do you want Steven Adams shooting two free throws? I, I, I don't know. You can – you can toss that one up, but mainly... Then why even gives, have him in the game? Yeah, that gives you a chance to win. Uh, why not so, play like Basley or something? At least somebody that can shoot halfway. Like, I don't even good, get why he was in the game if you're going to go yeah. for three. Yeah. Well, even yeah. then, you do. Uh, nobody knows who's going to the basket if you have all the same players, if you'd have put Basley in there for him. So maybe he goes and sets a pick for Harden, and then last second, maybe they're going to switch and he shoots to the basket to grab an alley-oop dunk because you didn't think he would do that. that that's, but uh, that, that's, that sucks. But yeah, that's, I don't know why that wasn't an option. I have no clue. Cause he'd never poor, moved. Poor Billy Donovan strikes again. Yeah. Uh, Celtics Raptors. That series is tied two two. the crazy momentum shift by that game winner from OG and in game three, Daniel, has swung the series for the Raptors and they will win this. Yes or no? Yes. Give me all of Van Vliet saying those fucked up. He said they screwed up and that they gave him a chance. Now, is that the Celtics' fault? No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't believe it's their fault. But when you have somebody who is in the locker room after you win that with OG's shot, saying that, Fred Van Vliet, dude, follow him into the Legend. Legend. God, I love it. And I and he is he's one of the players that I think can win them this series. Um, I know I said that in the last, um, but I think that he's very important. And I think if you have somebody who's saying that and talking like that, um, I think that's going to go far. And I think they win this series. What has been interesting about it, and there are two wins, and that because I mean this series honestly should be three zero three one, right? Yes, yes. Uh, but it is two two from a miracle in those two games. Nick Nurse has played uh, Kyle Lowry, Fred VanVleet, and I believe Pascal Siakam every minute 
of the second half in both of those games. That has been the adjustment basically so far. So I'm curious, Cody, do you think the Celtics have their own adjustment coming for game five? Or do you think this is the best that the Celtics have the offer? I mean, I definitely think that the Celtics will make adjustments. I mean, you got to think Brad Stevens is going to be able to look at what you know is going on and do something, right? Right. Is there an adjustment think? that for you stands out, like what you would do to combat this or try to get up and down the floor more since they're playing? You know, they played, you know, 42-plus minutes the past two games, and in one of those games you should have won if it wasn't for a miracle. Do you just keep doing what you're doing because it's working? Or do you try yeah, I mean, to I don't, more to I don't, wear them out? Like, what's... I mean, the games have been pretty close, so I don't know that there's anything, like, one big thing that they could do. But, like, you know, like I would say to anyone who's playing close games in the playoffs, just, like, play better defense. Don't make, You know, ultimately a lot of these games, especially when they're evenly matched, I would say this series is pretty evenly matched. Yes. Uh, when they're evenly matched like this, come down to who makes the least mistakes. So, like, ultimately you just want your guys to make the least mistakes so that would be the adjustment i would make mm. daniel do you Still agree on that or do you have much. something specific uh, see there's nothing that you can really point to um i know that i was on the locker room it's an app that's uh coming up and uh, there's a lot of raptors people talking on that i think it was before game four and they were talking about how much uh the bench unit needs to step up and um, I know that a lot of times that uh, they are playing, like you said, the second half of their you know, starters mainly. But Mark Gasol, big Spain, has <laughs> stepped up and he's playing very good defense. If you, and you can look at that against uh, the, the big man for, for Boston, Daniel, is it Theus? Theus Tice. Right? Tice. Tice. Daniel Tice. Yeah, yeah, Tice. I mean, have you watch, ever watched a basketball game? No, I do watch Daniel the basketball Thesaurus. game. It depends if I who is actually announcing it or calling the game, whether I'm muted or not. Or fair or point, very children, fair point. Children may not let me hear, so I just don't listen to the games halftime. I'm just watching if I can. I do what I can. This Cody. is have a like, kid. This is pronounce. Have a kid. This is pronounce. Hey, this is pronunciation <laughs> corner with Danielle Gruyere. Hey, <laughs> call me whatever you want to call me. Just call me. Uh, uh, no, now, but I, this is Coldry Holsley <laughs> signing off. To lean on that, Daniel, do yep. you think playing those three main guys so many minutes hurts the Raptors towards the end of the series? Because it all points, all signs point to this going seven. Do you no. think by game six or seven, this could be the issue? They're just gassed, like playing 42 plus minutes of playoff intensity basketball and eight days is not nothing. So do you think it's could affect them? Yeah. So if you look so like over at uh, just Celtics, just this game, Tatum's 43 minutes, uh, Kimball Walker's 41, Marcus Smart, 41, Jalen Brown, 37. Uh, honestly, Kyle Lowry's at 44, 45 for Van Vliet and 46 for Siakam. So maybe four or five minutes more hit or miss. As I said before, once you're to that 40 minute mark, I don't know if adding a few more minutes here and there really uh, just affects your body that much. There's not much travel, so they get immediate ice bath 
immediate attention. Uh, they are relaxing most of the time when they're not playing. So you have, you know, roughly 36 hours in between games, you know, to where you're not actually having to do much uh, because you're gearing up for the next game that day. Uh, so there's not much time where you're actually on your feet a lot. So I, I think that there's – I think that the recovery is good for this. So I, I think they'll be fine. Plus, it's the playoffs. Do you want to be a coach bud or do you want to be a coach – Nurse, hmm. I think I would choose Coach Nurse because he's going out with his dogs, just as I felt like um, the Grizzlies did when they played John Morant so many minutes. So I would go out with uh, with my guys, and I think that's what uh, Coach Nick Nurse is doing. Mm, I like it. I don't know that I don't know that like just because you get to forty minutes, it doesn't matter. After that, they'll kind of be like saying if you got hit with a car, that like he's already been hit with one, let's hit him with another. It can't get much worse. <laughs> I mean, I know they're not the same thing. That's terrible like analogy. Same, the same, the same principle applies. Terrible. terrible. Same principle applies. There is all I'm saying. You should have thought about um, that a lot harder while I was talking, because that was not good. No, you should have thought about that a lot harder before you said it. And then also, I do, I do agree with you though that it's the playoffs. You go out with like you put your best five guys on the floor. Like if that means you know. Thanks for agreeing with me, and, Cody. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. You're my team Thanks tonight. for getting all pissed at me before I started to agree <laughs> with you. Agreed with you. Didn't let me finish. I said two things, Thanks. and you only let me. Thanks get for agreeing with the minutes too. The minutes. We hear. Like, <laughs> we we here at Free Basketball like to jump conclusions, even if it's about each other before we've said anything. We don't like each other. <laughs> yeah, we at don't. all. I hate this. This is guys. the worst. <laughs> these guys are the worst. Just give us your follows, and we'll be friends. Yeah, yeah. Not, well, not me and these guys, me and you, whoever you are. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll be friends with anybody that follows me, but I'm not being, I'm, I, we will never be friends on this podcast. <laughs> easily, easily I'm replaced. I'm saying it right now. Easily replaceable. <laughs> this is, uh, we're, we're, we're renaming the free basketball podcast the All Enemy Podcast. <laughs> free Nemesis. All, all Free Nemesis. Wow. Rolls off the tug. <laughs> it really does. Steve Nash hired as the Brooklyn Nets' new head coach. Uh-huh. Cody, instant reaction when you found out Steve Nash was going to be coaching Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie maybe, DeAndre Jordan. That makes sense. That was oh, legitimately really? legitimately my reaction was, oh, okay, he's like friends with KD, helped out at the Warriors like as like a consultant and stuff like that. Like. I've heard him talk on podcasts and different things. I've heard Steve Nash talk, like interviews and stuff mention that like, you know, talk about working with KD and those guys. So, you know, the NBA is different than it like was in the past. Like the NBA is about like relationships and stuff like that. I read a good article on ESPN.com about like Steve Nash getting hired and basically like the thing, like the, the Nets people, G, like management asked the players like what do you want to coach and they said communication and they Steve Nash communicates and basically is he's a Hall of Fame player two time MVP like there's no reason that any of those guys shouldn't listen to him um, he kind so, like, of he has reinvented the point guard position a little bit right yeah, yeah. like he and the I mean, small ball ran, speed shoot very quickly yeah. He ran the proto. He ran the prototype for the Rockets' offense. Now, like the thing that like Mike D'Antoni started with, that has evolved into what the offense that he runs now is. He also like hasn't. He wasn't always a Hall of Fame player. 
like he he you know went worked his way up from the end of the bench to the the guy on team so i think that like he will have you know the ability to connect with players you know from kevin durant all the way on down to the last guy on the bench you know yeah i i think you're, DeAndre, good... you're deandre jordans you know yeah <laughs> i think you make a good point about that about the communication stuff because apparently because I was listening to the Woj pod where he, he had Sean Marks on there to talk mm-hmm. about the whole thing. Like, it's a very short episode, but it's oh, very Sean, good. Oh, yeah, Sean Marks, the GM. And, like, he said that about they, they were looking for someone who was a very good communicator, you know, and that was honest with them, basically. And apparently Steve Nash reached out to Sean Marks back, way back in, like, March or something like that about the potential of or whenever it was they got rid of you know uh can you remember his name now kenny atkinson kenny atkinson sorry thank you and inquired about it so this has apparently been in the works for a while and obviously have full approval and thumbs up from katie and Kyrie. Now, Daniel, do you think this is a success story because everyone points to Steve Kerr, you know, being that kind of player, did the TV color analyst thing, Steve Nash did the actual player training and help route with the Warriors. I mean, do you think this is a success like Steve Kerr's was? Yeah, so I was actually thinking about how to compare this, and first thing that popped in my mind was Steve Kerr. I think with some teams, such as you know New York Knicks, Cleveland Cavaliers, um, even the Grizzlies, teams like that, I don't think a type of coach such as Steve Nash would be is really what you need for that kind of a young, up-and-coming team. Right. A team that has superstars, a team that has veterans, a team that has high expectations, and really you're just trying to control – what's going on with these superstars and these egos a controller of egos is really what a head coach is when you have big time superstars. And I think Steve Nash will be really good at that. He's well liked by a lot of people, but he's like, you were talking about kind of inventing the, the real reinventing the point guard position. I think he did that. And I think he'll be very good for Kyrie Irving. He's a little out there, too, on his thinking. He's very open-minded. Obviously, Mr. Flat Earth, uh, Kyrie Irving, <laughs> is kind of an open, you know, out-there thinker. So I think this is definitely a win-win for them. I think he does – he will communicate well. But he also can control the egos. And realistically, he has Jock Vaughn. He's still on the bench. He's going to have people that are good coaches – that he can surround himself with. So, yes, he won't know exactly everything, but that's okay. You don't need to know everything if you surround yourself with people that can coach really well. He just needs to be able to control the egos and lead the team and honestly and rely on his coaches to help him get through different plays and different things and how to run an NBA team. But for the most part, I think this is a win-win, and I think they actually benefit than just going and getting just some average coach such as Ty Lue, I don't. I think he'd been bad for this team, and mm. people such as that who are still trying to prove themselves. I don't. I don't think they would have been good for something like that, and that's why I don't think 
Kenny Atkinson would have been good for this kind of team either. So that's probably why they got went ahead and got rid of him. I'm glad you mentioned a thing about Kyrie because the first thing that kind of like hit me is like obviously Steve Nash, what two time MVP? Is that what he is? Mm-hmm. Yes, back to back. What like does he have kind of a Jedi mind influence on Kyrie to be like, hey, you say you're the best point guard? Right. Actually, give me a season of it. Is there potential for a Kyrie MVP level season Ooh. next year? Like, is Kyrie a secret dark horse already to be an MVP with Steve Nash higher? Do you think there's if, is that I possible? Love, that. love it. Maybe. I think Steve Nash would have to teach Kyrie like the joy of passing. <laughs> okay. So for Kyrie to do it, he would not only have to score, you know, obviously almost 30 points but he would have to average 12 or 14 assists yeah i know he can score with kd great yeah yeah well i think like get get a bunch of assists you have you know what's easy to do feed the best scorer in the league the rock that's fair he he has an easy job yeah no i i agree and i think you'll see him teach him a little bit more about the vision uh that that he could kind of create a little bit more uh open the floor up a little bit uh, because Kyrie does like the ball in his hands. And I think KD coming off of an injury wouldn't be a bad thing to kind of keep the ball into um, Kyrie's hands in the first three quarters mainly. And then down the stretch, if you want to put it in KD's hand, let him back down people, uh, yeah. change roles. I, I, that's a good Just that's a good matchup. Mm, um, I do like so that. I, I, think I, the, I like yeah. that. Yeah, I the other kind of interesting thing, I, I kind of have – one I had, you know, down in my notes, but another just kind of hit me when you were talking about, you know, the coaches and all that kind of stuff, the options that were out there for the Nets. First one is I'm curious how Steve Nash is going to handle the DeAndre Jordan situation. Yeah. Because it seems like that was kind of the big outs for Kenny Atkinson with Kyrie and KD. All of a sudden, DeAndre is coming off the bench and playing behind Jared Allen. And. Maybe that's why they told Sean Marks they preferred someone with a more open communication style. Maybe Kenny Atkinson just walked in one day and said, you're on the bench, DeAndre, and didn't tell him why. So I'm kind of curious how that's going to be handled because that seems to be kind of a sore spot. Like Katie and Kyrie obviously went there because they want to play with DeAndre. I think they are more realistic than people give them credit for what they know DeAndre Jordan can do. Yeah. But I think that is going to be interesting how Nash handles that moving forward because obviously they're a trio, right? Like they're going to take yeah. care of their buddy. They got their buddy paid and took less so he could get paid. Like it's just what you're set up with. The big thing I kind of thought when you were talking about the coaches available is it has been interesting with teams that have moved into like championship caliber, championship level teams is like we've always talked about it cody with like the phases of coaches teams go through right they have the developmental guy the the big x's and o guy that pushes the you know third year rookie whatever um or rookie at you know in his third year whatever and um then it kind of respectable guy it kind of make you respectable and then there's a guy that puts you into the playoffs and then there's the guy that's a championship level guy that puts you to that Mm -hmm. tier 
it's interesting to me that the common theme between them has typically been someone who is a good communicator and is just like a personality manager more so than just a strict X's and O's guy, right? Because we right. see that with Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan. See it with Phil Jackson with Kobe and Shaq. Like, you saw it with Spolstra with LeBron and them. You see it with Steve Kerr taking over for Mark Jackson. Like, it went from... See it with Ty Lue. <laughs> Daniel with the comment <laughs> over David Blatt. It's just it just hit me interesting. Yeah, exactly. It just hit me interesting that that was the kind of coach that seems to be the ones that get you to that level or able to attain that high level of success. Yeah, I mean, and it makes sense because like at the end of the day, like if you're the coach, you're the you're a leader. And like even outside of basketball, if you like are in a business or whatever, like you can know all kinds of information about that business or whatever it is you're doing. In this case, it would be basketball. But unless you can actually like turn that information into like something tangible that people like want to follow and like buy into the, what you know about it and what information you can offer, you might as well be talking to yourself. Hmm. A people manager. Yeah. yeah. So you got to be able to like do the people part of it as well as like it's cool that you know where to put people on the basketball court, but can you get those people to want to go to those places on the court for you? Well, it's just like with Greg Popovich, right? Like they go to dinners together. Like you don't have a guy who's like, thanks for showing up to practice. You punched in and punched out of your record card. Don't (laughs) talk to me till tomorrow. You know, those coaches just never seem to get to that level, but the coaches who are involved with the players, open communication with them, actually enjoy being around them outside of you know quote-unquote work hours those have the most success and it's interesting so i think steve nash is going to be a huge success especially his first year obviously he's going to have bumps in the road he's going to be a terrible game manager he's going to have awful late game strategy in games and we're going to scratch our heads and be like see what a blow first year coach they have no chance like ultimate players but he's going to have those moments people give people a break every once in a while please Uh, now a player that we're going to talk about now who does not give anybody breaks on the basketball court John Morant was named as rookie of the year I cannot say unanimous because some Mm. doofus voted for Zion first is that just specifically someone from New Orleans who for some reason has a media vote right I don't know but it's, it's, it's coming out as soon as all the awards are finally announced, they release everybody's votes, and we will find out then. Now, obviously, we can't find out until I don't then. Think they, I don't think they list the names. They do. Yeah, uh, that, they do. It, it comes out. So we will so, know exactly who did it. it was just, some dude is going to get tore up yes. over that. Toe up from the flow up. From the 901. <laughs> <laughs> was Zion even worthy of third in voting? Uh, no, I don't know. Brandon it Clark. it ended bittersweet his little run, but right. he, bittersweet it crashed and burned like a right. fire. But I'm saying everybody was so <laughs> on him. So yeah, I I don't know. He at times when he played and was healthy, he was he's definitely a top three. But mm. does his actual? But for this year, yeah, did he that's warrant tough. a third place voting? I mean, yeah, it was like, Ja Kendrick Nunn, whoa. who Kendrick Nunn came and played the playoffs ahead of Tyler Harrow. He just played eight minutes and went negative seven. 
and then Brandon Clark. Like, come on. He scored seven points for the other team. <laughs> but, like, Brandon Clark, I thought he should have been third. Maybe yeah. even second. That's what I'm saying. I agree. So, I I don't get voting. I can't wait to see I mean, who voted for Zai because that's – It's also a regular season award, so Kendrick Nunn Sucks. can keep – can keep his vote. Shut up. He can keep his vote. <laughs> Son of a bitch. My Kendrick, my Kendrick Nunn thought is when I see him on the court, he's just so small. Yeah. I didn't realize how small he was. And so, like, we've seen a ton of players like this. If he's just like a – he's just like an Isaiah Thomas, then great. But most of them, when they come on hot, the NBA scene like this, they last like two years. Max, and then yeah. they're just bouncing around every NBA team because they need to fill a roster spot. So yeah. we've seen this before from Kendrick Nunn. I mean, I'm not to be harsh. We're not to be harsh. We're supposed to be talking about job, but like when I saw the voting and then I see him out in the court, like I just do not think this is sustainable for him. And good thing he got this season now because to me he's a destined journeyman. But he made himself a career of making some good money for this season. <laughs> Yeah, for this one season. But back to Jaw, any specific thoughts? I thought his acceptance speech was, he was nice about it. He liked that that one person didn't vote for him, gave him another yeah. hashtag no chip kind of moment. <laughs> and then, of course, we saw the video of him dancing, you know, with his yeah. daughter. That yeah. was pretty cool. I mean, how cool of a moment is it for the Memphis Grizzlies to just go from a couple years of just absolute misery to having the rookie of the year, Daniel. How does it feel? Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, and to see all the old heads from the Grizz past, uh, Pau Gasol, uh, Mark Gasol, uh, Rudy Gay even, um, a lot of the guys, even you know Conley, Zach Randolph, TA, all them kind of reaching out and on Twitter saying something and kind of um, it, it's, it's almost combining the new next-gen Grizzlies with this uh, grit and grind era. Um, it's so cool to see that as a Memphis native, as a Memphis Grizzlies fan, uh, we're very, uh, much, uh, love our city, our team. We kind of stick together. We kind of hate each other at times, but it's kind of like family. You don't always get along, but don't talk about us kind of deal. And so I think you see that, um, with these former players, you know, kind of congratulating them. And I, and I think if you just look at how well Ja was, you know, kind of appreciated on Twitter. I think that goes a long way to say that a lot of people in this league really have a lot of positive thoughts and really like Jaw as a person, not just as a basketball player, but as a person, because there's been a lot of positive positivity coming around him. And so um, he's always been well liked from what I see. And I think that's really good for in the future, no matter how good he really is, people wanting to come and play with him. And I think that's the biggest thing that the Grizzlies need to ever get over that hump because he won't be able to do it alone. Cody, do you have any specific thoughts? Um, it was cool to see Ja win the uh, the award. Um, for all the the sneaker people out there, there is it was cool he's wearing the Rookie of the Year Jordan mm. ones. It's a nice little tip of the cap there to the fact that he won that award. So that was cool. Um, yeah, and all the videos and everything, speech was cool. It was good to see him win. We all kind of expected that he would. Whoever voted for Zion, like, you're just why? 
bad person. Like, no, I, I don't even, I'm not even mad about it. Like, write an article, defend it. Like, you're a voting member of the media. Explain yourself, Zach Lowe. <laughs> Just call Zach Kevin, Lowe. Kevin O'Connor. Yeah. Get, Kevin O'Crapper. I, I don't think it was Kevin O'Connor. Kevin, Kevin O'Bomber. Does he have a vote? I don't, I don't know. know. He probably well, does, Might right? as well. I say he does. Yeah, I don't know. I want to. I want to. I'm, I'm going to look up a list of everyone that ha- of who all has NBA. Hey, could you read us that list? Yeah, read please. the entire list. <laughs> no, I'm not going to read the entire. I also need dates of birth, height and weight. <laughs> Daniel, what's the next step next year for Ja? What would you like Woo. to see out from him? Because his averages this year, almost 18 yeah. points, almost four rebounds, 7.3 assists per game. Shot almost 50% from the field. Only a 33% three-point shooter, which is not as bad as I thought it would be. Almost 78% from free throw. I mean, he had a effective field goal percentage of almost 51%. Like, what? Right. I know he's mentioned a lot about putting on weight to take the punishment, yeah. but that seems overstated. What is something that you would like to see? him add for you know in a couple months and we restart this thing again yeah so like you said a a few month restart is so weird because he didn't get the real off season he already got half of the off season and then another half but i think that i think it the maturity level um growing him up a little bit getting into his more of his man body uh putting on that weight uh i think the biggest thing with his game that he needs to make sure he does is kind of control the team, and I when when you control the team, I think that is assist, um, and that kind of gets around rebounding a little bit, but not much. But um, I think the biggest thing he can do is just make sure he can continue to control the team, such as Tyus Jones, who's kind of a not a vet, but he's kind of the vet backup uh, to Jaw, uh, kind of play off each other. Three point shooting has to go up and be more consistent because that's that's in the end that's his his only flaw i wouldn't say only flaw that's his biggest flaw he has that people are trying to um kind of get at him at was that he just if you leave him open he can't hit him so working on that three-point game is the main thing if nothing else comes it's okay but making sure you can knock down those open threes it only helps your game out and i and i think what we saw in that the playoff jaw uh, down the stretch, um, and I guess the bubble jaw, whatever, whoever he is, I think you saw him kind of take uh, and assert himself more into the offense earlier in games and not have to worry, worried about, you know, fourth quarter and actually when he's having to score 12 of his 18 points. So he'll be more of a consistent 20-point scorer, eight assists, four rebounds, and I think that's his stat line. And I think if you know it's not a huge jump for next year, but I think that actually makes the, the rest of his team better because those are the things that aren't on the stat mm. sheet. Yeah, I like that. I I would love to see him more of the in-game manager instead of, like, obviously it's hard for a rookie to see, like, Chris Paul, right? Like, it's just, right. it takes time to do that. Just ask De'Aaron Fox. And I would love to see some improvement from him on – the actual decisive decision-making on now that he knows the ins and outs of the yeah. offense, where his teammates are going to be, instead of that hesitation dribble he has, you know, coming off of high screens, 
he can either attack yeah. or he's finding his guy instead of the let me survey everything and then pick and choose what I'm going to do next. Now it just becomes yeah. second nature and it's reactionary. That's where I'm kind of yeah. hoping it goes for him. Yeah, and he didn't hit the, you know, like we talked about, in the. I guess if you were following along with us, we were kind of going over and doing a podcast after every Grizzly uh, kind of game that, uh, there down the stretch. Um, but if you look at it, a lot of times he was taking that three-pointer. And I was just like, God, there's so many other things you can do. If you're not hitting it and you don't feel comfortable, do something different. The next game, literally everything changed. Instead of going straight out and letting them do whatever they want and giving you whatever they feel like you should uh, do as a player, he was actually running better screens lower, uh, coming off the screen, shooting towards the basket, doing different things. I think you saw a maturity level and kind of growing up as an NBA player and learning how to you know, assert yourself as the best player on the court most of the time instead of allowing them to let you do whatever they feel like you should do, as in shoot the open three. So I think that he grew up just in that small span that we saw, and I think that's only going to help him for this next year because they're going to continue to do the same thing on him. Yeah, it seems like teams have an obvious formula. Can't wait for year two to see what happens. (laughs) Hope we don't have a – you know, sophomore slump, and we just have like you know right. the Donovan Mitchell. Just keep going, <laughs> like yeah. keep going for it. Don't baby. don't pull a Jason Tatum <laughs> and go backwards. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, but Cody, do you have anything to plug before we go? No, I don't. Just keep watching basketball. Because if you don't watch basketball, then why are you listening to us? <laughs> so keep watching that. Uh, like, share, rate, review those things that Daniel was talking about at the beginning of the show. We'll we'll cover those at the end. We'll recap there. Um, also, you can follow me on Twitter. That's going to be at Cody underscore Hulsey. Um, then you also got us at uh, the other Twitter for the Free Basketball 3. That's at Free Basketball 3 if you want to follow us there. Um, sometimes the podcast tweets things. Uh, and you can keep up, with, you can keep up with stuff Seldomly. like that. Yeah. yeah, it's getting better. So, you know, keep your eyes out and your ears peeled. <laughs> um, other than that, we'll, uh, we'll be here recording basketball podcasts. I don't have anything Good. else. That's I it. Am, Goodbye. I, I'm done with you guys. I am at I don't like you R&D too. Meadows 11. This has been a lot of fun. Good to catch up with you gentlemen. Daniel, where can people find you at? Find me at Daniel Greer. Uh, like I said earlier, you can follow the lead sports media at the lead sm um cody said it follow us rate review grab your grandma's phone download our podcast she'll never know why not (laughs) it only helps us out yeah she'll never know until her phone's full from all the screenshots of her pocket and all the downloaded episodes (laughs) of the podcast who cares (laughs) not your problem go to settings most recent download only <laughs> thanks grandma grandmama thanks we prefer you tell your friends instead of sneaking on your grandmother's phone. yeah yeah do both. Don't, we don't don't do all this chicanery yeah. don't <laughs> just like tell your friends like don't. it's fine just send a blast a group blast yeah. text like just do it just post it don't don't do don't mess around with all this brouhaha daniel's trying to get you into <laughs> just just get out there and just go tell somebody about the hey you like basketball check this out send them a link make it easy for them 
like everyone said, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Free Basketball brought to you by The Lead. We will be back hopefully in a week, and hopefully we'll have some good basketball to talk about again. <laughs>